Tagovailoa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Cologne looking for his first hit of the year. Oh. He drives one! Deep left field! That goes Upton! Back near the wall! It's out of here! <laughs> Bartolo has done it! There's only one word that comes to mind. Greatness. What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. This is now, I believe, part three of our NFL season predictions. Um, I'm here with Jackson Powers. Jackson, we doing good? We are doing fantastic. This is your, if you've listened to the AFC portion, um, thank you for listening, of course. That was recorded on August the 1st. Here we are on August the 3rd, and of course, had we done it the other way, um, we did that. If we did the NFC first and then the AFC, um, I would have known to change my Colts pick, considering that Carson Wentz is going to be out five to twelve weeks. Um, but you know, we're we're not talking about the AFC. We spent over two hours doing that on the last two episodes. We're going to talk about the NFC. Uh, let's start off with the NFC East. All right. So my predictions for the NFC East. I have the Philadelphia Eagles coming in at last with four wins and 13 losses. Giants following them at six and 11. The football team following suit nine and eight and the Cowboys taking the division at 11 and six. For me, I have the Philadelphia Eagles at the cellar, uh, six and 11, followed by the New York Giants at seven and 10. The Dallas Cowboys at nine and eight, and the division champs, the football team of Washington, at eleven and six. So let's talk about the Eagles. All right. So leading off with the Eagles, the offense scares me a little bit. The Eagles kind of have a track record of pretty poor receiving cores, and I think we might be in for another one of those this year. Uh, I really do like Devonta Smith. You know, um however much people question his build and all that. I think his success in college doesn't really show any reason that it won't translate to the NFL. Like there's definitely certain traits in college that are less important to the NFL, but his contested catch ability and his ability to get open is was rather unmatched last year. And I see no reason why he won't be one of the better wide receivers in that class. Jalen Rager is someone that I'm not high at all on though. I think, um, First of all, I think he's not a fantastic receiver in general, but right now it really seems like his mentals have been crushed. He just, um, I believe he he actually came out and said that he hasn't been doing a lot after the, the death of a close friend, but, um, you know, his, his mentals just clearly have not been in the right place lately. Um, I think his confidence is low. I, 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 I'm not too high on Jalen Rager. Travis Fulgham is a guy who I think is relatively underrated. I think he really performed well last year, despite all the other injuries in that core. But um, I think Eagles fans can expect another year of a fairly poor receiving core. I think one of the main storylines with this team is it belongs with Jalen Hurts. And uh, the Eagles haven't really given him a super fair shot since he's come to the organization. You know, um, owners have wanted once despite absolutely terrible play out of him. And what, uh, sorry, Hertz comes in, clearly does better, and the organization's still not that sold. So um, I, I am really hoping Jalen Hurts can prove them wrong. I, I'm excited for Jalen Hurts to put on a clinic. Miles Sanders is another guy who I feel is, um, over the past few years, been a little bit disappointing, but we'll see how that happens this year. And 
the left side of their O-line looks a little bit more fishy this year than it does in general. Uh, I do like the Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson. They're always super reliable offensive linemen, so not too worried about that right side. Uh, defense impresses me a little bit more than it does with most people. I do like that defensive line. Barnett, Cox, Graham, um, definitely, definitely a fairly stacked defensive line. And then they, they had some really nice secondary acquisitions between Anthony Harris and Steven Nelson. I think that really bolsters their secondary pairing with Rodney McLeod and Darius Slay. That secondary should definitely be one of the better ones in the league. And um, that light, that linebacker core is just, it's not doing it for me. I think they're going to have a really hard time stopping the run this year, but um, all in all, I think with all the problems within that organization uh, and the dysfunction between the quarterback situation, I don't like the Eagles surpassing four wins this year. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we're, we're talking about the same team here, which is nice, especially considering the last couple of divisions in the FC, we had a little bit of, uh, differences. Nice to start off on the same foot. And I'm going to be echoing a lot of your same thoughts. Uh, starting with the offense, you look at the weapons and it's weird. It's kind of an intriguing group. Uh, Devontae Smith, absolute stud. You know, uh, I know he's dealing with a nagging injury right now, but I think he's legit. I think he, I see no reason that his success won't translate uh, to the NFL level. You mentioned Jalen Rager. There's talent and I think something can be salvaged of it but it seems just kind of like a combination of self-sabotage and a poor job by the Eagles um, to set him up for success. So you really don't know what you're getting in Jalen Rager. I don't know how much you can really count on him. Uh, Travis Fulgham was intriguing. Another case where I don't know how much you can really rely on him, but certainly um, I don't, I guess a, a possible breakout guy to look forward to as well as I like Greg Ward Jr. Um, I wouldn't really expect anything from J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who, I mean, that was one uh, horrendous, horrendous pick, especially looking back at guys they could have, like, you know, like a DK Metcalf. But um, also at tight end, uh, Zach Ertz, for, you know, he's there for the time being, and Dallas Goddard. That's a really good one-two punch, punch at tight end that I think um, is honestly goes a little bit under the radar. I think that, you know, those are good weapons. On the line, you mentioned it. The left side's not incredible. It's looking like Andre Dillard and uh, I don't know who's going to start at left guard. But then the other side, uh, Kelsey, Brooks, Johnson, that's good. And Landon Dickerson, however, he ends up fitting in there. I like him a lot out of Alabama. Uh, the offense is honestly around there a little better than I kind of expected it to look on paper. And then you get to quarterback, Jalen Hurts. I'm, I love Jalen Hurts outside of just what I think that he's going to do in the NFL, what I think of him, you know, just as a player. I absolutely love Jalen Hurts, and I, I really hope he succeeds. And I think that he can succeed. I don't know if he's really ever going to be one of the better quarterbacks in football kind of thing, but I think Jalen Hurts can succeed and that the Eagles have just done absolutely nothing to really help him out, which is weird because I can go on this whole rant about the Eagles – but to keep it simple, for them to invest a second-round pick in Jalen Hurts, end up giving him a shot, you know, towards the end of last year, and then be so, you know, they, they've done nothing to help him, to absolutely just leave him out to dry here. They've been – it sounds like it's very clear that if something, you know, if Deshaun Watson is cleared and available, they're going to be going after Deshaun Watson. I'm not saying you have to 
totally invest in Jalen Hurts. There's some, some, you know, question. He's not surefire by any means, but you can't be, you can't say that they've set him up for success by any means. Uh, and then you got the running backs, Miles Sanders. They brought over carry on Johnson. Uh, I feel like I need to sneeze. Sorry. That's what that was. Um, but I think the offense is honestly a little better than people will expect. Like, I think they're, they have a decent amount of weapons. I don't know how many are going to be, you know, they don't really have a super singular, reliable guy, but I really like the tight ends, Goddard and Ertz. Um, defensively, um, I also forgot to mention, I like their draft pick running back, Kenny Gainwell. I don't know how, how much playing time he's going to get this year, but I re- like Kenny Gainwell. Uh, defensively, D-line, not bad. You got Barnett, uh, Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. Uh, there's definitely talent there. The linebacking group leaves a little bit to be desired. The corners, you got, uh, you got, I believe they signed Steven Nelson recently, Steven Nelson, uh, Darius Slay, uh, Anthony Harris, Avante Maddox. They have, you know, they have some guys in the DB group. I don't, you know, nothing incredible. I think overall the defense, you got pretty good D line and then kind of a lot to be desired linebacker and, uh, cornerbacks but it's not horrible in the db group overall it's just this is a very oddly constructed eagles team that i don't that i think has you know could be over 500 but is more likely to be down here um in the i think i'd look at like the four to seven win category for the eagles so i have them coming in at six and eleven Okay, moving on to second to last in the division, I have the New York Giants coming in at 6-11. Taking a dive into this offense, they definitely have some strong points, particularly that receiving core. Um, After getting Kenny Galladay, then you got guys like Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, and then drafting Kadarius Toney in the first round, which was a rather questionable pick, but he'll definitely be a key point to that receiving core, no doubt. And having speedster John Ross on on the bench uh that definitely gives daniel jones some more targets than he's been working with in the past and then uh tight end evan egram who's definitely one of the better uh receiving tight ends in the league despite his pitiful hands and you got kyle rudolph proven tight end kyle rudolph right behind him um daniel jones shouldn't have to worry about who he's throwing the ball to uh his only real worry should be coming from that offensive line i think this offensive line looks very poor uh, can compared to previous years, I think Nate Soldier's the only real guy that I can see as a solid contribute to that line. But I think with with how bad Daniel Jones's pocket presence is, um, combine that with Saquon's lingering injury issues, I think the Giants' offense has some real reason to be worried about this year. Um, to worry about scoring this year and. Um, despite the offensive line, I'm still a big believer in Saquon Barkley. He's he's only proven when he's been on the field, he's been nothing but very talented and one of the best running backs in the league. Um, some people are calling him overrated, and I think that's just a little bit unjustified. Injury prone, yes, but he he has just as much talent as, as any other running back in the league. And um, I think he'll have a big comeback season and lead the league in rushing yards just because of how bad Daniel Jones is, I don't think that passing game is really going to get off the floor very much. Uh, the defense last year was was very good, and I think they're in line for a little bit of regression. I do like Leonard Williams coming off that defensive end and Dexter Lawrence on the other side of him. Um, linebacker core, you got Blake Martinez, a guy who I really like. 
uh, Aziz Ojulari. And then that secondary is really good. Adoree Jackson, James Bradbury, Logan Ryan. I just, it's it's definitely not as as proven as it was in 2020. And I think considering that defense is basically what nearly took them to the playoffs, I, I don't think, um, I think Giants are, are definitely not going to be in playoff contention, especially with, um, how much of an upswing that the football team and Cowboys are on. So uh, Giants fans don't expect anything out of the ordinarily good, but it, it's not going to be terrible either like it has been in recent years. Yeah, so when I'm talking about the Giants, and this is kind of a recurring theme, especially if you listen to the first or second part of uh, what we're doing here in pre- predicting this NFL season, uh it's about quarterback play, and I think the Giants are another team that if you insert, you know, a different quarterback, you know, I'm talking about them possibly winning the division going to the playoffs. But with Daniel Jones, I really don't see it because I don't think it's that much of a weapons issue to start off. You got Galladay. You got Darius Slayton. Uh, you drafted Kadarius Tony, which I didn't think was a great pick, but I do like him. Uh, John Ross, too. Uh, Evan Engram, Kyle Rudolph. There's some weapons, um, and then obviously, I mean, Saquon Barkley, you know, you can call him overrated. I don't I don't really think that's fair. Whatever. Regardless of how you slice it up, the guy is super, super talented and, at, you know, one of the best running backs in football when he's healthy. Um, and then I'm, the offensive line, I, I really I'm, – I'm not confident in the offensive line, but it ultimately, to me, boils down to that I just don't think Daniel Jones is exactly a franchise quarterback. I don't – I haven't really seen it from Jones. He hasn't – I don't know. Like, there have been some little flashes, but his, you know, his issue with fumbling is really, really bad. And I don't know. He, maybe it's just that he's – I don't know. There's just not an it factor for me about Daniel Jones that's like, I think this guy's going to take the step up. So the offense, I think it's not a lack of talent. I just think with a poorly constructed offensive line – um, and Daniel Jones at quarterback, I don't think we're going to see a lot. I do think that Kenny Galladay will have um, a pretty good year bounce back from a, you know, an injury prone uh, 2020 season, but this offense just still kind of leaves a lot to be desired there. The defense I like um, Leonard Williams, former New York jet, finally, you know, kind of flourishing on this giants team, Dexter Lawrence, uh, you got Blake Martinez, um, Lorenzo Carter. I'm a big fan of their second round pick as much as I thought that Canarius Tony was a bit of a reach and not the best fit at, uh, I believe it was what, 21. Um, I love their second round pick of Aziz Ojolari. I'm a big fan of his. I think that assuming he gets regular playing time, I think that he can be a defensive rookie of the year candidate. I really like what he has to offer out of Georgia. Um, then you got their DBs. You got uh, James Bradbury coming off of that breakout year. Jabril Peppers, Logan Ryan, Adoree Jackson, uh, Xavier McKinney. Uh, I, I I think the DBs are really good. I think overall this defense, it's not – I mean, I don't think it's necessarily dominant at any level. I mean, the DBs are pretty good. Um, but I, I think overall it's a pretty solid unit that doesn't have any glaring holes. Uh, so I think the defense is going to be pretty good. I just don't believe in Daniel Jones enough to elevate this Giants team into contention. So Giants uh, 7 and 10.
All righty. Next, we have the Washington football team. Washington is definitely making progress towards that playoff contention area. Um, I have them at nine and eight, so a possible wild card. But um, you know, we'll see. They seem to be fairly set on Taylor Heineke being their quarterback after that one playoff game, which. Granted, he looked good in, but I think a one-game sample size is not good enough to sign him. To I don't was it a one year that they gave him? I think I it it was. I'll, I'll look. I'll look up his contract right now and get back. Here. Okay, so so if it's anything more than a year, I think that waste a little bit, maybe a little bit too risky. But a one-year deal is not something I'm too concerned about. I just I don't know how much I really believe in him to lead this team, just considering we we've seen sixty minutes of him playing in a game so um while jeremy checks that i will move on i really like their one-two punch of uh gibson and jd mckissick uh that seemed to go really well for him last year between mckissick as that kind of receiving back and then gibson being that kind of powerhouse cowbell running back uh to be able to punch in those goal line touches uh, the wide receiving core looks uh, quite a bit better than it did last year. They had McLaurin, and that was about it. And then they went out and added Curtis Samuel and Adam Humphreys. Um, definitely much more uh, threatening to, to opposing defenses than it looked last year. So uh, I think whoever their quarterback is between Heineke or Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think they'll definitely have – they will not have a lack of targets by any means. And – that O-line looks rather lackluster. I'm not too excited about it. I like Brandon Sheriff, but he's kind of the only highlight on that offense, and he seems to be a little bit injured right now. So uh, don't expect a lot out of that that Washington O-line. And then the defense is it's, – it's stellar. It's, it's so good. That defensive line is one of the best in the league. You got reigning defensive rookie of the year, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, and Darren Payne on the inside, and then you got Montez Sweat coming out the outside – uh, they just drafted first-round pick Jamin Davis, who I wasn't super high on, but I think he fits well with this defense. Um, and then that that's secondary, Kendall Fuller on the outside, and then Landon Collins and Cameron Curl uh, at that safety spot. I think this is definitely going to give those opposing offenses some nightmares. And, Jeremy, do you have that contract check on Taylor Heineke? Um, I believe it is two years um, for uh... – 4.75 mil. Okay. So nothing, nothing huge Two year, a little bit to lock him in. I, for how cheap it is, I'm all right with that, but I don't think I, I, we can't expect him to really take this team anywhere. So based on how stellar that defense is and how much I like that receiving core compared to last year, I have the Washington football team ending at nine and eight this year. Yeah. So for me, I have the Dallas Cowboys in second in the division at nine and eight. Uh, looking at the offense, there's a lot to like. Starting off at quarterback, um, uh, Dak Prescott, assuming he's you know fully back from his uh, tough injury last year, that he was on a crazy, crazy pace through the first couple of games that he was playing. I have absolutely no doubt that if Dak is healthy, he's he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in football. Um, Ezekiel Elliott coming off of a little bit of a disappointing year. You still know what the guy gets done. And I think a lot of that you can attribute to um, some inconsistency on the offensive line with injury, but if they're fully healthy, it's a good line. You got Lyle Collins, Zach Martin, uh, Connor Williams, Tyron Smith, uh, good unit. 
Uh, the receivers, you know, they're, you're not going to find many better top three receivers than the trio of Amari, Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup. Uh, tight end, there's not really a clear top guy. You got Blake Jarwin, Dalton Schultz. Uh, I also forgot uh, Tony Pollard, the backup running back, who I think is a super nice secondary back uh, to have. Overall, this offense, I mean, it's pretty good. It is pretty good. Um, and that's what it's about. I think if Dak stays healthy, they really don't have much to worry about offensively. What's, you know, what's going to be the, I don't know, it's going to limit the upside of this Cowboys team is the defense. Uh, the D-line, obviously you have Demarcus Lawrence. Um, but other than that, no, no one else that's really a total game changer. I guess they got Randy Gregory. Uh, the linebacking group, I actually – like a lot they got you they drafted Micah Parsons you bring back Jalen Smith uh you have Leighton Vander Esch who I think if he stays healthy um for a whole season he can really have a big year they brought in Keanu Neal from Atlanta and it sounds like they're going to try to use him as kind of a linebacker safety hybrid uh they also drafted Jabril Cox so I think linebacker they did a really good job of shoring up but then when I look at the DBs I really don't like what's going on at cornerback um they drafted Kelvin Joseph in the second round, who's a talented player, but um, even more than, you know, possible flaws as a player. Um, he, a lot of teams didn't have him on their board at all because of character concerns. And I think that's something that definitely looms. He has talent. I think uh, that he can be a good cornerback, but to be thrusted is probably, I mean, one of the, when you look at this depth chart, there's a good chance that he's a starter on day one. Um, you have him. I'm not a fan of Trayvon Diggs, uh, their other cornerback. I, I just, I've watched him so much, whether it be last year getting playing time with the Cowboys, watched him at Alabama. I don't think he's a guy that you want as one of your top three cornerbacks. I, I think he's a guy that he'll, he might get some interceptions, but he's, you know, he's a guy, he's going to get some picks and he's going to get a lot of uh, instances where he gets blown by and he's just lost. And then Jordan Lewis, I mean, Jordan Lewis isn't bad, but I, if he's your best cornerback, I, it's just, eh, I don't, I don't love it. Uh, safeties, they got Malik Hooker. Um, they, I like their pick in the sixth round of Israel Mukuamu from South Carolina. But the DBs, it's just, eh. The D-line outside of D-law, it's like, eh. I like what they did at linebacker. But I think that, you know, the offense is going to be really good. And I think that, off that in itself can get them close to double digit wins and i think that they can win the division um but they're gonna need either a couple you know a couple unforeseen guys on the defense to step up or uh make an acquisition okay so i have the cowboys winning this division at 11 and 6 and i think most of these wins will be stemmed from fantastic offensive play stellar offensive play i might add um, but I, I don't know how sold I am on this defense. This secondary looks super lackluster. Uh, Trayvon Diggs and Anthony Brown at the cornerback spots, Donovan Wilson and Devontae Casey at the safety spots. That, that secondary is, is just, they're not going to get it done, to put it simply. Um, they, they weren't very good at defending the pass last year, and I see no reason as to why they'll be any better this year. That secondary looks super weak. I do like this front seven, particularly that linebacker core. They're getting Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith back, and then going and get Micah Parsons in the first round. They look stacked at linebacker. 
And then you're getting Demarcus Lawrence, who's one of the best edge rushers in the league. I do like Neville Gallimore. I think he's a good run stuffer and a good break, excuse me, breakout candidate this year. Um, and this, this offense, I, I am in love with this offense. I think um, other than, than Dak Prescott, his ankle folding like a lawn chair, he was, he was playing fantastic before then. He was throwing 450, 500 yards in a couple games before that. He was, he was getting the ball all around to that fantastic wide receiver core between Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup. Um, not really a hole in that receiving core. And then, you know, they got depth. They got guys like Cedric Wilson, Noah Brown. Um, I really, really like the targets they're getting here, um, especially in that receiving core like I already covered. But then Blake Jarwin and Dar Dalton Schultz on that tight end. Dak has too many people to throw to, which good problem to have. But um, I think he – Assuming he's able to make a 100% full comeback from that injury, I think there's no reason to expect him not to throw, you know, 4,500, maybe even 5,000 yards this year. I think Dak is in line for a fantastic comeback season. Um, another thing that the Cowboys were kind of lacking last year due to those injuries um, was that offensive line. Cowboys fans are used to having an offensive line full of all pro and pro bowlers and the injuries didn't give them that last year, but I think they're, I think they're going to have that back, you know, Tyron Smith coming back at left tackle. And then you got Zach Martin and Leo Collins. Um, this O line looks right on par as that 2018, 2019 uh, Dallas Cowboys. And I think, uh, I think that's going to be really good for, um, you know, Dak Prescott coming off that gruesome injury. That's really good for him. My one prediction this year for the Cowboys I think Ezekiel Elliott loses his starting job. I think Tony Pollard is an all-around better running back. Um, less fumbles, faster, breaks tackles better. I think a little bit of a better receiver. He's just – Tony Pollard is all-around better. I think the only reason that Cowboys are keeping him in, he's had excuses, you know. Um, he's only played well with that all-pro O-line that I was talking about. And – I don't know. I, I'm not sold on Ezekiel Elliott. And I think the only reason they have him in is because of that contract. They have him. They don't want to be paying him $15 million to sit on the bench. Cause that's a little bit of a waste, but I think this might be the year that they decide Ezekiel Elliott is not our guy and turn to Tony Pollard, who I think is a pretty good back in this league. And he's definitely one of the best backup running backs in the league. If not the best right behind Kareem hunt, I I'm not sold on Zeke. And I think, I think he'll have a good rushing season this year, but I think uh, with the fumbling issue that he's had pretty consistently over the last few years, I think they turn to Tony Pollard and don't turn back. Yeah, I, I, I really like that take a lot. I'm a big fan of Tony Pollard. And I mean, there's talent in Zeke, but especially, I mean, that's a prime example if you don't pay running backs big money because they're just so replaceable. But I already talked about the Dallas Cowboys. My division winners um are the Washington football team and you know about the great defense but this offense uh how they've improved in the offseason is really what gets me excited uh quarterback position my guess is that it's Ryan Fitzpatrick um to start us off uh but you got they inked Taylor Heineke to that two year that lucrative two-year deal um and I I liked it I think that bringing in Fitzpatrick he's like 
I don't want to say, you know, with especially without looking at this exactly, but the guy's played better as he's gotten older. He had a pretty solid year overall in uh, Miami. And you saw with them, you know, this is a similar situation in Washington as Miami. Last year, Miami had a pretty good defense, um, not a, a one of the best defenses. And what they won, how many games did Miami win last year? Nine? Nine. I believe, I believe they were nine and seven last year. Yeah. So I think the way that I think this is a better constructed version of like that Dolphins team, because I think this is an even better offense. You have Terry McLaurin. Uh, they bring in Curtis Samuel, Adam Humphreys. I uh, still have Cam Sims. I loved their pick of uh, Deami Brown, wide receiver from North Carolina. Um, they inked their tight end Logan Thomas to an extension. I like that. Um Antonio Gibson. I, I, I really like him. I like JD McKissick too. I also liked, um, you know, I don't know if he'll get any traction, but I believe, I believe they signed Jared Patterson as a undrafted free agent. I really like all of these uh, spots for the Washington football team. The offensive line is questionable. And I will say that. Um, I think they got rid of uh, Morgan Moses Wait, is it? I, I, am I? I always say, is it? It, it's Moses Morgan. Or is it Morgan? Mo, it's Morgan Moses. I, I messed this up quite a bit too. Wait, it's Morgan Moses. Morgan Moses. Okay. Um. So that leaves the offensive line in an interesting spot. They drafted Samuel Cosme, I believe, in the second round. Uh, you're looking at possibly Charles Leno Jr. starting at one of the tackle spots. Um, they got Eric Flowers. It's just there. There's definitely a lot to look at at the offensive line, and maybe this is maybe I'm looking past it too much. But I just really like, I love what they're doing at receiver. I love tight end. I love all their running back options, and I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is entirely capable of being a solid quarterback with these guys around him. And if not, I think I mean Taylor Heineke. It's you really don't know what you're getting with him, but. I mean, if he plays anything like the potential that he showed in that playoff game, you know, I think I think they'll be good too. But the main thing about this team, why I have this as an 11-win division winning team, is the defense. It was incredible, and it got even – I think it got even a little better. Um, yeah, the D-line absolutely stacked. Chase Young, Matt Ioannidis, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, uh, Duran Payne, who I believe recently got an extension. It's that that's just stacked. Then you look at the linebackers. The linebackers is a you know not their best spot, but they they got John Bosick, Cole Holcomb. They drafted Jamin Davis, who I didn't think. I don't know if he was necessarily the best player on the board when they took him in the first round, but I think he's a super good fit for them. Uh, then you look at the DBs. They got William Jackson the third, um, Kendall Fuller. Uh, Landon Collins, they had breakout rookie Cam Curl. The defense, they really just led by that intimidating defensive line. I think that, you know, the combination of Fitzpatrick or Heineke being able to lead a competent offense based on the uh, weapons they've added and that defense continuing to play like it can, I mean, I think that's a recipe to double-digit wins. So I, I like – I like the makeup of this Washington football team defense. And that's the thing I think when you're picking between the football team or uh, the Cowboys to win the division is if you prioritize 
defense versus offense. And I guess for this, I'm trusting the Washington football team defense as opposed to the Cowboys offense to carry them to the postseason. Um, so I have the football team winning the division at 11 and six. And for what it's worth, I also have the Cowboys making the playoffs at nine and eight. Um, we can move on to our divisional awards for the eight, for the NFC East rather. All right. Uh, MVP for the NFC East, Dak Prescott. I've already said it. He is going to come back and have a monster year this year based on the situation he's in. I think he could, I think he has the possibility to throw for 5,000 yards. And I think if that's the case, you can't go with anyone else at that MVP spot. Offensive player of the year, Saquon Barkley predicted earlier that he leads the league in rushing yards. And um, when you have a league leader in rushing yards, you can't fill that offensive player of the year spot with anyone else, similar to that MVP. Defensive player of the year, James Bradbury. I really do like him out of the cornerback spot, and I think he's pretty underrated. He's definitely in that top five cornerback conversation. I don't know if he's quite there yet, but I could see the argument. And um, I think he is the best defensive player in this division. Uh, you could argue someone on that Washington defensive line, and I could I could see the argument for that, but I think Bradbury is, is really good. Comeback player of the year. You could flip a coin between Dak and Saquon. It, heads or tails. I I think I have to go Dak simply because it's harder to play at a higher level of quarterback than it is at running back. But with Saquon's O-line, I don't even know. It might it might even be harder for him. But I, I'm gonna go with Dak. But but really you could flip a coin. Offensive rookie of the year, Devonta Smith for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think with how well he he dominated the NCAA last year, uh, I think that he has every right to translate to the NFL. And the the issue is not um, how good he was in college, because obviously you know Heisman winner, best receiver, one of the most productive receivers out of college football we've seen in years. It's you know his he's not strong at all. He's not that fast. He's kind of just that lanky contested catch guy and a lot of people have concerns over that I think he is really good and I think he'll be really good with Jalen Hurts so I have him at offensive rookie of the year defensive rookie of the year Micah Parsons I think he's going to shine with how good that cow or that yeah that Cowboys linebacker core is um signing with guys like Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith he is I think Micah Parsons is going to shine in that role offensive breakout player of the year Curtis Samuel he played really well towards the end of last year. He was getting like running back carries because of how versatile he is. He is like really got off that jet sweep, but he's also going to pair really well with Terry McLaurin defensive breakout player of the year, Trevon Diggs. And I know I said, I didn't like that Cowboys secondary, but um, I think Trevon Diggs is he, he played, he showed flashes last year. There were times where he, he would lock up, um, good route running receivers and then times where he was burnt toast but I think with another offseason under his belt I think Trevon Diggs is ready to to take that second step and kind of break out next year coach of the year Ron Rivera for the Washington football team I really like him um, I really liked him last year how he led that team to kind of a kind of a Mickey Mouse playoff playoff appearance just because of how bad the division was but I think he really led that defense very well last year. And I think that defense in 2020 could very well have been, could very well have an argument for best in the league. So uh, I see no reason as to why Ron Rivera doesn't repeat that. Yeah. So, and I, I would just want to say this, it's not at all a personal thing. I'm sure that he's a phenomenal person. 
I just am not a fan of Trayvon Diggs as a player at all. And I just want that on the record. Um, so to my picks, MVP, fairly easy, Dak Prescott. I think he should be a prime candidate for league MVP um, if he's able to play a full season considering the um, historic paces that he was on to start the year. Um, offensive player of the year, I think there are a number of guys you can look at. Uh, I'll take Terry McLaurin having another incredible year. Um, I, I just, I think Terry's going to continue and continue to improve and improve until he really gets into that top tier of wide receiver conversation. I think he, he has that, uh, potential, uh, defensive player of the year, Chase Young. He was incredible as a rookie. I think he's going to same thing going to get better and better. And I think he's going to establish himself, um, with the likes of, Khalil Mack I mean you know like Khalil Mack I don't want to say Aaron Donald because no one's really like Aaron Donald but TJ Watt um those elite pass rushers and I understand you know my my point my main point is that I think Chase Young is gonna be that guy and he's gonna consistently wreak havoc for the entirety of his career uh with the football team offensive rookie of the year it's got to be Devontae Smith um it's, you know, he has all the tools to be successful. I think the only question is possibly subpar quarterback play, um, limiting his overall numbers. But I see no reason that he won't be super successful provided he's healthy. Uh, defensive rookie of the year, uh, Aziz Ojolari, as much as, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of the University of Georgia or the New York Giants. I'm a big fan of Aziz Ojolari. Like I said, I think if he gets consistent playing time, I think he's going to be one of the best defensive rookies, period, not just in this NFC East. Um, offensive breakout player of the year. Not that he, not that he's like struggled, but I think we could really see CeeDee Lamb become the wide receiver one of this Cowboys offense. All he's done is impress and impress. Uh, there was no doubt about the talent and what he could do out of college. Uh Really crazy that he ended up falling all the way to what it was, 17, uh, for the Cowboys to snag him, but I think he's going to be phenomenal. Then defensive breakout player of the year, um, sticking with the Cowboys. I think, if, like I said, if Leighton Van Der Esch is healthy, and if he's healthy, I think he's going to be productive. And I think uh, with some of the woes on that back half, they're going to need some guys in the front seven to really step it up and try to, you know, mask those holes. And I think Leighton Van Der Esch, he's able to play a full season. Um, he's a legit candidate. Comeback player of the year, it's Dak Prescott. There's absolutely no question. Um, I guess, you know, maybe there's an outside argument for Saquon Barkley coming back from injury. But I think with the how horrific Dak's injury was, I don't know how you can't say Dak. Uh, Coach of the year, Ron Rivera, I think. Uh, we saw what he did last year. You know, it wasn't. In a normal division, sure, that wasn't a, you know, you wouldn't be a postseason team. But to be able to lead, I don't think anyone foresaw Washington winning the division. And regardless of how you slice it, you know, they had a better record than the other three teams. Uh, and I think if they can do that again, get to double-digit wins at 11-6, and six, uh, he's definitely the divisional coach of the year. And, yeah, um, I mentioned CeeDee Lamb that I think he can be the – top wide receiver with the Cowboys. And I guess this kind of goes against what I said about um, taking Terry McLaurin as offensive player of the year. But I think CeeDee Lamb's going to lead the division in yards, like just period. Maybe that means that McLaurin has some more touchdowns or something, more catches, I don't know. But I, I think CeeDee Lamb is going to be absolutely incredible with a full year of Dak Prescott. 
And then I've kind of alluded to it. I think Jalen Hurts can play pretty well, but I think considering the dysfunction around him, you know, no super reliable targets, um, you know, possibly a little sketchy offensive line, not a lot of faith put into him. I think he's going to play well, but not enough to necessarily save his job moving forward. Um, so that's the NFC East. Anything to add, Jackson? Uh, I got nothing. I think our, our takes in this, particularly in the awards section, differed a lot more than, than they usually do. But, you know, we'll, we'll see who's right in the end. We will see who's right in the end. Um, moving on, I believe we're going to the NFC North, correct? We are. Let's do it. All right. Uh, highlighting the NFC North at last place, we have the Detroit Lions at 5-12. and 12. Then we have the Vikings falling suit at nine and eight bears coming in next at 11 and six and the Packers taking this division at 14 and three. So for me uh, at the bottom, I have the Detroit lions at three and 14 followed by the Minnesota Vikings at eight and nine, the Chicago bears at nine and eight, and then the green Bay Packers winning the division at 11 and six. All right. Starting it off with the Detroit lions, um, I've seen people say that this could be uh, the number one pick in the draft next year, just because how bad they are. And I think between how well that this front office has treated this last offseason and how bad the Houston Texans are, I don't think that will be the case at all. I think um, starting with the offense, I think they have a little bit more in the tank than people think, particularly stemming from that offensive line. You know, um, Frank Ragno, one of the best centers in the league. I do like Jonah Jackson, that left guard spot. And then you go and add, perennial talent at right tackle, Panay Sewell, uh, that I think they'll definitely have a top 10 offensive line in the league, no question, which is huge for this team considering how different is how different Jared Goff is under pressure versus in a clean pocket. And um, I think that'll get that passing attack going a lot more than people think. Um, moving on to his targets, I do not like his receiving core. I do like Brashad Perriman. But Tyrell Williams and Quintez Cephas are not really guys that I'm sold will really contribute to this passing game. I do think TJ Hawkinson is a top five tight end. And um, for that, that'll definitely help Jared Goff in that passing game. But I think uh, I think the Lions are going to be leaning on this running game a little bit more than they're going to be throwing the ball. Uh, DeAndre Swift, rookie running back last year, he looked... Uh, he looked pretty good. He looked just as good as anyone else in that running back class. And I think, but behind uh, an, an offensive line, this stellar, uh, I think DeAndre Swift is definitely going to be a pretty good running back next year. I could see 1,100, 1,200 yards for him. Um, and then they have depth and Jamal Williams uh, falling suit behind him. Um, the defense is a little bit underrated as well. And then looking at, especially on that outside rush game, uh, Romeo Quara and Michael Brockers, I really do like them. And then I think uh, Levi on uh, I, I, I like him as a prospect and the, the linebacker core is it's, it's solid. Uh, Trey flowers, whether you want to consider him edge linebacker, defensive end, whatever he's, he's a good pass rusher. And he'll definitely be contributing to that defense. And I do like Jamie Collins, even though he's a little bit old. Um, I am ready for Jeff Okuda to take a step up this year. Because as, as I've said, those who listen to the AFC versions of this podcast know that I am not a fan of rookie cornerbacks. I think it, it takes them a year or two to step it up. And with how highly regarded that Jeff Okuda was, I think he is going to end up being a shutdown cornerback in this league. Uh, maybe, maybe it won't be this year, but he 
we can definitely expect improvement out of him. Uh, his year last year filled with injuries and poor play. He don't be, don't be expecting that this year, but um, that the rest of that secondary still has a little bit left to be seen. And I think defending that pass game is going to be a pretty big struggle outside of Jeff Okuda for this team. And a little bit underrated, which is hard to be at five and 12, but um, I don't think the lions are going to be the worst team in the league. I think they're definitely moving in the right direction outside of inheriting Jared Goff's contract towards this rebuild. And um, I think with a few more pieces, this team could be fighting for the playoffs in a couple of years. Yeah, I think um, I have them winning three games, and I've said this about a couple other teams. That's not necessarily indicative of what I think of their future and what I think of how they've done this offseason. I think they have a lot of building blocks um, that'll set them up nice in the future. Uh, like like the offensive line, I think for being probably you know for not being a great team, they have a good offensive line. Uh, Taylor Decker, uh, Frank Rag now. Panay Sewell, those are all guys you love to have. They got um, Big V as well as, uh, I don't know if he'll start at guard or possibly just be a swing tackle. Uh, that's a great place to uh, to start. Uh, the issue with this team is the quarterback play, and that's Jared Goff. I don't think that Jared Goff is going to have really any success in Detroit. Um, I will say the point about him having a good offensive line is fair, and I think that'll help him. But I think he's not going to have Sean McVay, um, offensive mastermind, to be able to scheme things up for him and make life simple. And he's also he doesn't have the same targets because, I mean, you got Brashad Perriman, Tyrell Williams, Khalif Raymond, Quintez Cephas, Amon Ross St. Brown, who, for what it's worth, I like. Uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown. I think he's a, a good player, but I think none of those guys, I mean, should be any, I think like the, on, on a normal receiving court, all of those guys are like a three at best. Um, and then you got at tight end TJ Hawkinson. I like him. I think he's going to continue to improve. And I think he can be a perennially top tier tight end. Um, but that wide receiver group is just really bad. I don't see them creating a lot of separation to help out Goff. Uh, running back wise, you got DeAndre Swift. I think it's reasonable to uh, see him improve uh, from his rookie year. They bring in Jamal Williams too. Like there are pieces you have, you know, TJ Hawkinson at tight end. That's a guy that you can look at as a piece for, you know, now and the future. The makeup of the offensive line is good. Um, DeAndre Swift, you got, uh, and I think like Amon Ross St. Brown can take a step forward and be a starting receiver, but they don't have enough of those right now. I don't think they're there. So they're kind of like, it's, it's a lot, but they're a quarterback and a receiver group away. Um, but the offensive line, definitely, uh, an underrated group. Then you look at the defense and I think the defense is super underrated. The D line, not bad at all. They got Trey Flowers, Michael Brockers, uh, Romeo Aquora. Uh, they drafted Ali McNeil and Levi and Wuzuruke, uh in the second and third rounds. The linebackers, uh, you got Jelani Tavai, uh, Jamie Collins, Alex Anzalone, Sean Dion Hamilton. So, I mean, you know, not not horrible, not, not the best group. The DBs, um, the big guy to look at is Jeff Okuda, and I'm largely with you. I think Okuda uh, 
you know, tough rookie year, but I think he's going to develop. I think he can be um, a legit cornerback one, or if not, you know, a starting, at least a starting caliber guy, as opposed to what he was um, that first season. Uh, outside of that, though, you know, you got uh, Amani uh, Aruwarie, I believe is how you say it. I'm not, not good at that. Uh, safeties, you got Tracy Walker. Um, they have Quentin Dunbar. So the DBs, it's not great, but I think that this uh this D line for uh the Detroit Lions is super underrated and I think can definitely have some success. Overall, though, I think they're definitely missing some crucial pieces from being uh anywhere close to contention. So three and fourteen for the Lions, but I, I gotta give credit. I like what they've done overall this offseason. Next up, we have the Vikings coming in at nine wins and eight losses. I like this Vikings offense. I think the O-line looks a lot better than it has in recent years. Garrett Bradbury at center and um, Ezra Cleveland as kind of a rising star at that right guard spot. Boise State native, I might add. Um, Left tackle, they went and got Christian Derrissaw in the first round at very good value. A little bit of a lingering injury right now, but I think he will definitely be a huge contributor to that offensive line. The wide receiving core is stellar as it usually is. You add Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen on the same field. They are primed to do great things. That that receiving core is going to be just as good as that has, has been in the past years. Um, Kirk Cousins, I think, is competent enough to get it done. I, I think he's outside of that top 10 range, that 11 to 15 area but I think Kirk Cousins behind this O-line and with the receivers he has and not to mention Dalvin Cook uh, I think he'll definitely be in a spot to uh, succeed but um, Dalvin Cook is a fantastic running back backed by another Boise State native Alexander Madison who um, has looked really good in the snaps he's gotten but uh, Dalvin Cook being the top five running back he is makes it hard for Madison to get snaps I like this defense as well. Daniil Hunter is one of the best edge rushers in the league, no question about it. And then they went and got Michael Pierce. Um, Michael Pierce, is a he's a solid pass rusher, but his run stuffing is as good as it gets. He is a huge, huge body to throw in the middle of that defensive line, and it makes it really hard for running backs to find a hole. Um, that linebacker core looks really solid too. Uh, Eric Kendricks is definitely a top five linebacker and then pair him with Anthony Barr. That looks really solid. And I, I like this secondary too. Harrison Smith, Xavier Woods, Patrick Peterson. Not a lot to complain about about this team, but um, I see this team the same way that I saw the Los Angeles Chargers where they have plenty of talent on their team, not a lot of holes to find at that starter position, but their, their depth all in all is very weak. And I think in order for them to be able to succeed and uh, compete for that upper tier wildcard spot, they have to stay healthy, which is a big ask for, for this many guys to be able to stay healthy. I, I just, I don't think that the depth is going to, I, I value depth quite a bit and I, I don't think, um, with how poor this second and third team looks, I think the Vikings aren't really going to, I don't think they're going to cross 10 wins this year. Yeah. So you definitely, I, I will say you probably value depth a little more than me in general, but I'm, I'm totally with, I think we're on the exact same page with this Minnesota Vikings team. 
Um, the offense overall is pretty solid. I mean, if nothing else, like I'm looking at the current depth chart. Um, it's, it has Jake Browning as their quarterback because of all the COVID stuff with Kirk Cousins and Kellen Mond. So I guess if nothing else, they got the their COVID out of the way, maybe. Um, but the offense overall, Kirk, you know, I don't know. Regardless of how you feel about Kirk in general, he's a he's a competent enough quarterback with the talent he has around him. Running back Dalvin Cook, um, and a you know solid backup in Alexander Madison. Wide receivers, uh, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Those two are awesome. But then you talk about depth. After that, wh- where do you go? I mean, you got uh, did they they signed D.D. Westbrook, I believe. Um, Drafted Amir Smith-Marset in the fifth round uh, out of Iowa. But there's just – it feels like there's not a lot of room behind them. And with how crazy, you know – and injuries are inevitable. Like, I, I don't think we're going to see 17 games from Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. I think that's just the way that football tends to go. So after them, they really need someone to step up. And I – you know, I'm obviously not a Vikings guy. I don't know as much about the – bottom of their depth chart but from what I know I didn't really see anyone fit for that uh tight end I'm a big fan of Irv Smith Jr. I think he can be um a solid part of that passing attack the offensive line I think they're moving towards a better line I like the pick of Christian Darrisaw I also I like the upside of Wyatt Davis in the third round um but there's just there's nothing super surefire about this line and especially you know not not great depth either. We'll see how exactly, you know, if Davis is starting or if he's on the bench, see if they start Dakota Dozier um, over him. I don't know. I just – the line's not – it's not the worst. I think they did a good job with Darius on Davis. But it's like with, with the lack of depth on the line, lack of depth receiver, um, good running backs. I don't know. I think, I think this is a pretty good offense. Like I think – uh, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are awesome. I think Kirk Cousins will get it done. I think Dalvin Cook's one of the best running backs in the league, but I don't know if that's all going to be clicking at the same time. I don't know if they're going to be like a prolific type offense, like a team we mentioned, like the Cowboys. Uh, so that's the offense. Defensively, they got some talent um, on the D-line. You got Michael Pierce, Dalvin Tomlinson, Daniel Hunter. Uh, they drafted Patrick Jones the second. Uh, linebackers, they keep Anthony Barr, uh, Eric Kendricks. They drafted Chaz Sherratt. So pretty good there. And then the DBs, it's it's interesting. They got Patrick Peterson. They retain Harrison Smith, uh, got Xavier Woods, got uh, Bashad Breeland, Cameron Dantzler. Uh, I think Dantzler is someone to look forward or look for to break out. The defense overall, it's pretty solid. Doesn't have any glaring holes but um I also forgot uh I believe they signed Sheldon Richardson too but like I look at I don't know linebacker there's not a great amount of depth um on the line there's some depth but not you know not incredible I don't know there's just I think that this is a pretty solid team on offense and a pretty solid team on defense but there's nothing that spectacular or specific that really makes me think that they're anything more than a slightly above 500 team, which I have them at eight and nine, you know, you could flip that. I think that you're probably looking at them from seven to nine, maybe 10 wins. Um, so that's how I have the Minnesota Vikings looking. Next up, I have the bears coming in at 11 and six. And I think with some of the bears predictions I've seen so far, I think I can confidently call the bears one of the most 
underrated teams in the league. They have serious depth in that running back room. Uh, David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen. And then they went on and added Damian Williams from the Chiefs. Um, and then Allen Robinson is a top 10 receiver without a doubt in my mind. And I think um, with the quarterback that he has coming, I don't, I don't think Andy Dalton's going to produce anything on that offense. But with the quarterback he has coming in Justin Fields, I think that this team will end up looking a lot better. And I think Fields will end up starting in that week four or five spot because they, the Bears have a tough start to their schedule. And I think with the defenses they're facing, I wouldn't be surprised if they throw Andy Dalton into the pit and kind of let Fields develop for a few weeks before he goes in because Fields' ball placement was just as good as any other quarterback prospect this year. And watching that Bears tape last year, you can just see how many times that Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles just completely missed their wide open receivers. The the route running on this team is there. They just need someone who can get the ball there. And I absolutely believe that Justin Fields is going to be that guy. And then this defense still looks really strong, particularly that front seven. That linebacker core is so good. You got Khalil Mack off the edge, and then Rokon Smith, Danny Trevathan, and Robert Quinn. That looks super strong. And then Akeem Hicks on the other side. I, I am loving this between this pass rush and that linebacker core. Teams are going to have a very good, very hard time protecting their quarterback and establishing a running game. And then th- this secondary is kind of, I would say, but outside of that offensive line, their biggest weakness because I really do like Eddie Jackson. I think he's a pretty star caliber safety, but then they don't really have any other solidly big names on that secondary. But um, my main prediction for this team is despite the raving I have on their offense, I think David Montgomery will have a pretty big regression season because um, you know, Tariq come with a season ending ending injury last year, David Montgomery, comes in and plays great. But um, I think between Cohen coming back, the team signing Damian Williams and looking at his performances last year, he played some of the worst run defenses in the league. Like I don't think he got anyone outside of the bottom 12 in that, that main stretch of, of big games he was having. Um, I, I do not think he'll be the starter. Um, if you're a fantasy owner looking for David Montgomery, I, I would not pursue him. But other than that, I think this Bears team is very underrated and will be having a wild card spot this year. Yep. So uh, Chicago Bears, I have them winning nine games at nine and eight. They're an interesting case. And you see, start off at the quarterback position. Andy Dalton, they've made it pretty clear that he's going to at least start the first game. And that's a big question of mine is how – how long is the leash on Andy Dalton? When are we seeing Justin Fields? Because if it's too long, like, I don't know how many games this team is going to win with Andy Dalton. Like you said, I mean, I'd have to look back at it, but I feel like they, I know they start off with the Rams and then let me pull it up. They get the Rams, then they get the Bengals. Okay. So they, they have a weird, the, they play the Rams, then the Bengals, then Cleveland, then Detroit. And then they get Vegas. Green Bay, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Pittsburgh. Ah, so like if Andy Dalton is the quarterback for, you know, those first nine weeks, which I, don't, I you know, I have, I have no concept of when they're going, 
Like, I think you'd be happy with that at like 500. Like, let's see, I have them, what, one, two, three, four. I have them at like four and five, five and four through that stretch. And I think that might even be generous with Andy Dalton, at quarterback. <clears throat> but once they make that switch to Justin Fields, whenever that is, I think Justin Fields can totally do it. And I mean, I'm, I've really kind of been raving about most of these rookie quarterbacks and odds are one of them flames out. But Justin Fields, I feel pretty good about him having success uh, because of what he has around him. I think the receivers, you get a bona fide stud and Allen Robinson, uh, you get Darnell Mooney. After that, you know, the wide receivers drop off a little bit. You get Demir Bird, Javon Wims, Marquise Goodwin. Uh, I liked their pick of Daz Newsom, I believe, in the sixth round. Uh Tight end, Cole Komet, uh, Jimmy Graham, Jesse James. They got a lot of tight ends on this roster. As you know, they've, I feel like it's been harped on the insane amount of tight ends that they've had in the past. Running backs, too. David Montgomery, I agree with you that in general. I think he's due for some regression. But when you have a group of him, Tariq Cohen, uh, Damian Williams, even sixth rounder, Khalil Herbert, uh, I really like what they can do with that running back spot. The line's not incredible. It's not horrible. Tevin Jenkins, I think, can be plug-and-play at left tackle. I'm a big fan of his. Big value of the value they got for him. James Daniels, Cody Whitehair, I like both those guys. The right side's a little iffy, but I think compared to some of the other offensive lines we've seen uh, or we've talked about, not horrible. Then you go to the defense, and that's a super intimidating front seven. Akeem Hicks, uh, Khalil Mack. Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan, uh, I forgot Eddie Goldman, Robert Quinn. They got they got some guys in the front seven. They're in a, you know, even just Khalil Mack on his own is just a nightmare. And then we have to worry about Hicks, Goldman. Uh, and then you got Smith, Trevathan in coverage. It's that that's a great front seven. Uh, the DBs aren't incredible, but not not horrible. You got Eddie Jackson to Sean Gibson, probably starting at the safety spot. Big fan of Eddie Jackson. He's a big play guy. Uh, Des you got Desmond Trafant, uh, Jalen Johnson, I believe, second year out of Utah. Uh, drafted Thomas Graham in the sixth round, got Artie Burns. They have some depth. I don't think that wide receiver or not wide receiver cornerback is going to be a strength of theirs, but I think with how strong their front seven can be, uh, they don't need their DBs to be excellent, they need them to be competent. So overall, I think that this team could sneak into the playoffs. Um, I have them at nine and eight, I believe missing out on the playoffs via tiebreaker. Um, I think a lot of the question is when is Justin Fields coming in and how will Fields play? Because I think if Fields plays to his potential, they're going to have success and it's going to be a matter of, um, you know, how many games he gets in and what kind of hole they might have to dig themselves out of. Uh, so the Bears, super interesting team. Winning the division, I have the Packers at 14 and three, which is a lot higher than Jeremy's 11 and six record. But um, I'm a full believer in this offense. Now that Rodgers and Devontae Adams are officially back, um, this offense looks fantastic. And the wide receiving core outside of Devontae Adams looks uh, very iffy, but that's, that's exactly how it went last year. And that didn't stop this offense even a little bit. Um, Aaron Jones is still like, Cannon at running back. Then they have second year player AJ Dillon right behind him. Um, the only question is uh, can this offensive line step it up after Corey Lindsley left? And he was, in my mind, a consensus number one center in the league. But I think looking at some of the moves they made this offseason, the only reason why I don't have the Packers is a lot lower than 14 and three. 
Um, yeah, their management did a pretty poor job of going out and getting the spots they needed, but they didn't really lose a ton of areas of succession like that, that center spot other than that center spot. But um, you know, Rogers and Devonte are back now. They didn't really lose any of their strong points from last year. Uh, but th- this, this management is, is so bad. They're not filling their holes. You know, that, that uh, NFC championship game between the bucks Kevin King gets toasted. What do they do? They go and reach on Eric Stokes, who is by no means fit for that job. He's not really, in my mind, any better than Kevin King. And then best center in the league leaves. What do they do? They go and reach on Josh Myers with, you know, guys like Quinn Miners on the board. I don't think that was justified at all. But um, this defense is still, I think this defense can be considered very similar to what it was last year just because of how similar this roster is you still got Kenny Clark and uh, Zadarius Smith who are both top 10 in their respective positions Zadarius Smith is a stellar pass rusher and Kenny Clark's solid pass rusher great run stuffer I really like that front seven and then you probably top two corner in the league some can say he's not two but Jair Alexander, he's right on par with Jalen Ramsey. Um, he is so good in man coverage. And then pair that with that safety duo of Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. Uh, this defense looks very similar to what it did last year. And I think they're going to have that same issue of not really being able to stop the run because they didn't add a ton of – Kenny Clark can stuff that run, but at that second level, it they didn't really add anyone who's – going to improve that issue so I think Packers might get ran all over but I think they're going to defend the passing game well and I think just because of how similar this roster is last year I think they're going to win a similar amount of games which is why I have them at 14 and 3 which might be a little bit lofty but I'm a firm believer in the Rodgers Adams connection so um, yeah that's all I have to say about the Packers yep so I think that um, you mentioned that they really bring back the majority of their team and I think that my 11 and six is based on a couple of things. First off that I started these predictions while I was unsure of um, what Aaron Rodgers' status was going to be. And even then when he announced it and I tried to adjust it accordingly. Um, I just think that, you know, there are a couple of games that they might let get by them. Uh, you know, primetime matchups against teams like Tampa Bay um, against teams like Los Angeles against teams like Kansas City. And I think I don't think that means that they're any worse of a team than they were last year. I just think that speaks to a little bit of natural regression from how incredible they were last year. Like that team in the regular season was absolutely firing on all cylinders. So, And I, I, th- I have no reason to believe that Aaron Rodgers will be anything less than one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I don't think he's going to repeat for MVP, um, but I think he's going to be super good. The one thing I'd be worried about about Rodgers is – and this is very vague, but Rodgers throughout his career, you know, at times has struggled with some injuries. He's, he's seen injuries before he played a fully healthy 2020. Um, but it really wouldn't surprise me if um, Rodgers misses a game or two, or even, you know, back into the season, if we see some Jordan love. Um, so that's just something to see. That's what I kind of just a random take is that I think Jordan level start a game, maybe even two this year. Um, but past that, Aaron Rodgers, he's still that guy. I have no reason to believe that he's going to fall off a cliff. I think he's still one of the best quarterbacks in football. 
Um, running back, you got Aaron Jones. They signed him to the long-term extension, which I don't know if I agree with, but they did. Um, and they still have A.J. Dillon, who that draft pick taking him in the, I believe, th- it was second or third round, uh, makes a lot less sense considering they extended Aaron Jones. Uh, but either way, those are good top two running backs. And I also like, I'm talking about a lot of running backs that were drafted this year that I like, but I do really like Kylan Hill, who they took in the seventh round from uh, Mississippi State. Uh, Weapons-wise, you you got Devontae Adams, and I think there's a, you know, he's one of the best receivers in the league, wherever you want to rank him, he's he's elite. Um, Alan Lazard is a guy I think you can look at um, as a possible breakout candidate. He's been improving each year he's been in the league. Uh, Valdez Scantling, Equinomius St. Brown, you know, none of those are incredible options, but they're, they're guys. Um, you got Randall Cobb, who they acquired as part of the concession to bring Aaron Rodgers back. Um, third rounder, Amari Rodgers as well. They got plenty of options there. And then at tight end, you got Big Bob Tunyon, who I think we'll probably see a little bit of regression from, but overall it's a good target uh, to have. And then the offensive line, it's not, you know, I don't know if it's one of the best of the best in the league, but you got uh, hopefully Bakhtiari coming back healthy at left tackle, uh, Runyon at left guard, Elton Jenkins starting at center. Uh, the right side's a little iffy. Obviously, they let Corey Lindsley go, and that's assuming that Jen- I guess Jenkins could play guards. I'm not really in tune as to what their plan is for that. Um, but Billy Turner, Lucas Patrick on that side, not not incredible. And I didn't love the reach on Josh Myers. Maybe Myers starts and Jenkins plays the guard. I don't know. Uh, the offense, so the offensive line, it's not one of the best, but I don't think it's going to be, it's going to necessarily hold them back um, with how much talent they have at the skill positions. Defensively, um, there's a lot to like the D line. Like you said, there's not, a, there, you know, I think they could be vulnerable against the uh, run game, but I'm a, I like Kenny Clark, obviously. Rashawn Gary, someone I think that can step up and have a big year. Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith. Um, the stand-up linebackers, you know, there's not too much to talk about there. Uh, then you go to the corners. Jair Alexander, I think he's the second-best cornerback behind Jalen Ramsey. I just think he's that good. The safeties, Darnell Savage, uh, Adrian Amos. The second cornerback spot is interesting. They have first-rounder Eric Stokes, who was also a reach. I, I, I just don't understand how they have this good of a team with the way that they've been, like, drafting recently. Um, but they have Stokes. They brought back Kevin King, um, who is infamous for some of his blunders in the NFC Championship game, uh, Chandon Sullivan. So overall, uh, the DB is pretty good. I think that second cornerback spot, Hope they're hoping someone can step up, maybe Josh Jackson. Uh, defense overall solid. I don't think it's one of the best, but solid, especially when you pair that with a really good offense. So I think overall the main thing is that they're going to be winning the division again. Uh, I don't know if it'll be at 11 and six. I, I think, on you know, maybe it's more likely that it's at that 14 and three rate. Uh, but main thing is that the Packers are winning this division. Thank God Aaron Rodgers is back. Um, and so we can do, let's do divisional awards. Okay. MVP Aaron Rodgers, pretty safe choice. He's by far the best player in that division, especially with the positional value at quarterback. I don't think there's really any other option you could put here. Offensive player of the year, Devontae Adams, um, in my opinion, the best receiver in the league. Pair that with how strong of a connection he and Aaron Rodgers have. I think he is a pretty clear choice for this spot. 
Defensive player of the year, Khalil Mack. With how, dis- with how strong that defensive line looks, I think he's kind of going to be highlighting that. And so I think he's going to be the best defensive player in this division. Comeback player of the year, Trey Flowers for the Lions. He was really good with the Patriots on that rookie deal. He, has, he hasn't quite translated with the Lions yet, uh, a lot due to injuries. But I think if he can stay healthy this year, then he has – Uh, Definitely enough talent to put up a season that would grant him this Comeback Player of the Year award. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Panay Sewell. Uh, This this term's a little bit overused, but I am willing to call him a generational talent at that offensive line spot. He was so good with Oregon, and I think he is going to booster that offensive line so much. Defensive Rookie of the Year, uh, second rounder Levi and Muzurike, I think. Uh, Based on who he's surrounded with, I think he's going to thrive in that run-stuffing role, and I think he's going to be a pretty solid guy for the Lions. Offensive breakout player of the year. I know I'm picking a lot of Lions here, but Rashad Perriman, um, I think just because of how few targets that Jared Goff has to throw to, I, in my opinion, he's by far the best wide receiver in that offense, maybe outside of TJ Hawkinson, the tight end, just because of how good he is. But I think Rashad Perriman is definitely in line for an 1,000-yard season this year just because of how many touches he should be getting this year. Defensive breakout player of the year, I have Jeff Okuda. I kind of covered it when I was talking about the Lions, about how um, rookie quarterbacks aren't usually the greatest. But I think with how highly regarded he was out of college, he, is, he definitely has the talent to become that breakout player of the year. Coach of the year, Matt LaFleur little bit of a default choice here because the only only team in record that was similar to the Packers was the Bears, and I absolutely hate Matt Nagy. So he's just kind of that that filler pick, but I think it'll definitely be Matt LaFleur as that coach of the year spot for the NFC North. Yep. Uh, and so MVP, Aaron Rodgers, you kind of hit on it. Like, it, it seems fairly obvious to me. Um, he's that guy. And along with that, offensive player of the year, I think if Aaron Rodgers is doing it, He's doing it with Devontae Adams, absolutely lighting it up. Uh, Defensive player of the year, Khalil Mack. He's that guy. Even as he ages, he's still just such a dominant uh, force uh, in pass rush. Defensive player of the year. Offensive rookie of the year. Um, I'm taking Justin Fields. You can definitely take Panay Sewell. It's just kind of a matter of, you know, it's for to me, it's a little more fun to take the quarterback here, and so that's what I'm going to do. Um, I think once he's inserted, I have no reason to believe that he won't shine. Um, I really think Justin Fields can be that guy. Defensive rookie of the year, I'm with you with Levi on Wuzurike. Um, I think that there's he's going to have an opportunity on the D-line to wreak havoc, and I don't ne- necessarily know um, if that's going to mean big-time numbers, but I think within the division, I think he can show himself as a legit piece um, on that defensive line for them in the future. Offensive breakout player, DeAndre Swift. Um, you, you know, you're talking about a second-year running back. Those are guys that you really think um, can kick it to the next level, and I think he can, especially considering uh, he's going to have all the opportunities in terms of getting touches um, with a lackluster pass game. And, they, you know, no more carry-on Johnson, no more Adrian Peterson to poach those carries. I like DeAndre Swift there. Defensive breakout player of the year, Rashawn Gary. Um, he's always had the talent. He's the former number one overall recruit when he was going to Michigan. He's been p- productive at times for the Packers, but I think this year he can solidify himself, um, you know, taking a step forward. Comeback player of the year, Tariq Cohen. Um, 
I think is going to, you know, continue his success uh, alongside David Montgomery in that Bears backfield as he comes back from that injury last year. And then coach of the year kind of by default, Matt LaFleur. Um, and that leads me to that. Honestly, I don't want to say this set in stone uh, because I think they're going to be considerate of the Justin Fields effects of it. But I'm just going to put this out there that I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Nagy is fired before the season ends. I'm not saying it will happen, but I just I think it's possible if they get off to that poor start um, with some of those tough games in the first half, it would not shock me is what I will say. But that's going to conclude the NFC North, which will conclude part three of this uh, NFL season's prediction podcast that I'm doing here with Mr. Jackson Powers. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Retro Podcast. Make sure to stay tuned for our fourth and what should be our final part um, of this season predictions. As always, check out the blog, theretro.blog or theretro.wixsite.com. Follow the Instagram at the.redshirt to see when there are new podcasts, blogs, as well as finding all the links to everything that's in our Instagram bio. Um, follow our Twitter at the Redshirt blog as well. Um, you'll see me tweeting about sports, hopefully tweeting when there are new podcasts and such. Um, and if you're listening to this right now, you obviously know um, you can find the podcast at the Redshirt podcast on Spotify. And we'll see you, see you guys next time for the next part of our NFL season predictions.